0: Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley. And you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast.
1: Welcome back to episode 46 of the Black Squadron podcast. I'm BP, a.k.a. The Brandalorian. Uh, And today with me is Todd. Hey, how you doing, man? You know, I was having a really good day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It just went downhill
1: quickly. About an hour ago And I ordered pizza and it was supposed to be like 20 minutes and then it was 40 then it was 60. And then I saw the lady pull up, not get out of her car and leave. And then I get a notification that it was delivered when it wasn't. So hot hot start (laughs) here. (laughs) But I'm jazzed (laughs) to talk some Star Wars. how about you? How you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm always ready to talk Star Wars. I just did a whole bunch of, like, reorganizing my collection today and realized that I have way too many Funkos. And my entire bed was just covered in Funko boxes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just, I I had like boxes stacked on boxes and I really didn't realize like when you get the, the Funkos, you don't think like, oh, these are going to be a pain to put back in the box at some point if you ever do, but having to open each box and then put the Funko into the plastic containers and the plastic like clamshells wouldn't always close. Mm -hmm. So I'm fighting and wrestling with these Funkos to get them back in their boxes. It was a nightmare. I'm probably never going to open those Funkos out of the box ever again. But that's all cleaned up. I got some more Black Series put up now. I got a new place for my uh, Beskar Hot Toy Din Djarin figure that looks mm. amazing. So... It's been a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of, lot of housekeeping in the the collecting today.
1: Yeah, I had to reorganize my shelves that are directly bo- above my desk here to get my Empress Nest helmet on the shelf. Um in order to do that, I had to take it apart a little bit because it's so massive. Um like the back fins or whatever they're called, I had I had to just take them off because there was no way it was going to stay on the shelf with them. So, it's it's partially mm-hmm. complete on my shelf. <laughs> um so what else what we got going on oh hey gang we're on tiktok now we're hip yeah todd and i have made i think six to eight tiktoks and we're getting pretty good traction over there so it's just basically us showing our collection and making funny videos about it so if you like star wars and you like goofy videos Place to be. We can...
2: some new stuff too, possibly over there.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah, we do. We put clips up of our upcoming shows, and then we can like do we can stitch and do duets and things. So we could have fun. Mark Hamill just joined Twitter or TikTok, so who knows? <laughs> Maybe we get uh, Mark Hamill to stitch one of our videos. That'd be pretty awesome. And then what else we got going on? Oh, we're on Amazon Audible and iTunes now, or I'm sorry, iHeartRadio now. We've been on iTunes since Jump Street. So yeah, Amazon, Audible, and iHeartRadio. So big day for uh, BSP. And then we can't forget about if you guys leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on, we will put you in a drawing to win a Kenobi novel. So uh, leave a review, send us a screenshot, and we will get you in that giveaway, which we're going to do at the end of this month, May. And we just got one today, and we thought we'd share it with you. It's from Darth Valoris. Love these guys and gal. Always find it interesting to listen to and kind of jealous of all the stuff they purchase. Appreciate you. Appreciate the five stars. So thank you. So, what do you say, Todd? How about we hop right into uh,
2: Hollow Knight Headlines? So, to kick things off, celebrating a birthday recently. hmm The maker's birthday. George Lucas. He's so happy. The spry young <laughs> buck that he is. <laughs> is this 77th now? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven golden years. There's a lot of George love on on the uh, social feeds on the 14th.
1: How does one celebrate a seventy seventh birthday with billions of dollars? I bet you George just had his new balance on, his jeans, gene, that jeans, and a flannel and was just like staring at the wall
2: or just enjoying life yeah <laughs> or he was scrooge mcducking it and he was swimming in the- <laughs> that's what i'm saying if i was that rich i would just scrooge mcduck it for my birthday <laughs> it's crazy to think 77 i mean the whole reason we're here is because of him so
1: yeah it's 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 crazy to think about all the things that are in our lives that we love that just came from that man's brain mm-hmm. that's
2: nuts uh kenobi Still going on. Ewan's doing press for it. He was on Jimmy Kimmel.
0: What did it feel like to put the old costume back on?
1: It was good. It feels great. I have to say I'm having a really, really good time. The the, the costume's probably slightly different, you know, than you might expect. So, um, oh. but to go back into the role, shall we say, uh-huh. was, uh, it's great. It's like, it's all still there. It feels good. It's, it, there's some great... Um, it's great scripts and great people to work with. And it is great. I'm having a good time. I got I had a very special, uh, I got to play a very special scene on May the 4th oh. with
0: uh, someone very special in my life. And uh, uh, that's, how, that's all I can tell you about it. But it was oh. it was uh, great. Wow.
2: <laughs> is this nice. someone
0: special that we've seen you on camera with before? No. Never? Ooh, I interesting. So. Is this special person related to you in some way? No, not necessarily.
2: couple highlights from that interview is that he talked about the costume that he's wearing, and he said that it's going to be slightly different than the Kenobi robes that we saw in Revenge of the Sith. I'm kind of hoping we get more of like the Sideshow Mythos Kenobi look. I think that would be a really cool sort of scavenger, nomad sort of look before the old Ben look. Yeah. Yeah. So still get the tattered look. I mean, even old Ben to a degree kind of had a tattered Jedi look. Going mm-hmm. on, So I feel like uh, before getting to the old Ben look, but still having that staring in the sun, <laughs> weathered <laughs> look going on.
1: He's so fun to listen to. I forgot how much I enjoy listening to you, McGregor, talk. Just speak.
2: I feel like he's had a lot more fun, not just with Kenobi, but with any, a lot of recent projects he's done during the press for those projects. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember his interviews for uh, Birds of Prey. He was always just having a good time and and loving and, and living up in the spotlight. So one other thing from that interview that kind of stood out is that he said he filmed with a surprise person that he hasn't filmed with yet, but is very special to his life. So he's either a pulling up Paul Bettany and it's like him filming with himself kind of thing and everybody builds up these wild expectations and then gets immediately crushed because it's just something that he says to make himself laugh, mm-hmm. or we're going to get a pretty cool cameo, and there's a lot of speculation about who that could be. Um, I, mean, I honestly have no idea. I don't I, really know what he said it was somebody who was special to him. I, which assume he
1: meant uh, Ewan and not Kenobi, or yeah, yeah. So maybe his uncle, who's Wedge,
2: right? It could be interesting, and it, he said that they filmed stuff on May 4th, so this the scene he, he filmed was on May 4th, so everybody's still thinking he's <laughs> talking about Hayden, even though he's saying they've never filmed with him before. Dude,
1: what if it's like, George?
2: If-, <laughs> if George makes a live-action debut, <laughs> I will die laughing.
1: It's like that uh, it, the, the random video of someone recording on the street, and George Lucas is just walking by. And he stops and looks at him and walks away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, the documentary that the persons they like yeah. talking, and then you just see like a random George appear <laughs> yeah. and like dip into a hotel.
1: <laughs> That'd be really funny.
2: I know there's already been crazy speculation on what this is, and and I you know I love when actors do things like this, like the when Paul Bettany did his little I filmed with someone that I've always wanted to film with my whole <laughs> life comment, and just the wild speculation that we get from that. But I'm also a little hesitant about when they do stuff like this only because it makes people build these unrealistic expectations and then the internet it just (laughs) the internet yes the always rational internet so pretty sure
1: they've never overreacted before
2: no never and they never create their own headcanon that would cause issues later down the line Last little bit of news. Celebration is getting moved up from August 18th to the 21st to May 26th to the 29th of 2022. This I thought was a little surprising. I know some people are already kind of mad about it because they had put in the time off requests and started booking flights and hotels and stuff for August. So now you have to kind of cancel all that and reschedule. I personally prefer the May dates only because now it's over Memorial Day weekend. So less vacation time that I have to take. Because I get Memorial Day off anyway. That's also
1: super close to Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary. That's like a week off.
2: I think it's a week after. Yeah. That's going to be really exciting. I'm excited for Celebration A because I miss the life out of Celebration. Mm -hmm. And B because it's the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Because it's post the Skywalker Saga, post Disney Plus launching. We'll talk about it a little later, but we have so many future Star Wars projects that they could t- tease and and really make a big deal out of during mm. celebration. So I think I think it's going to be a really crazy celebration and, and next May.
1: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be nuts. I think the hype's going to be bananas because, like you said, there is a ton of stuff coming out around that time. So. hmm. That's exciting. I know people were upset about the face no helmet rule, essentially, which I could see changing because this has changed rapidly. I could see that changing by then, where maybe just a mask or no mask mandate. Who knows?
2: Yeah, it'll definitely be. I mean, obviously, it's a year away. It'll be a very different world than where we are right now as far as cons are concerned. And there's going to be a ton of cons between now and when Celebration would be Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of viewing as guinea pigs mm-hmm. for sort of how to return to conventions and and what that looks like. So mm-hmm. I could see a pretty normal, maybe like a little more social distancing and some more sanitation stations around, but I think it's going to be a pretty normal celebration overall. I assume
1: I would uh, hope that some places would limit ticket sales.
2: Well, that's the big thing that I'm wondering for celebration because they obviously with the new date changes, they're still doing refunds they're doing if you want to stay with the new dates they'll just transfer your tickets over but they haven't put an on sale date yet for new tickets and they haven't opened up the new hotel block mm-hmm. and i believe they did that a little over a year out for when last celebration would have been so we should be seeing you know in the next couple of weeks potentially a new tickets going on sale and be the hotel blocks opening up yeah <laughs> so it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little bit crazy, a little bit of a, a little bit of a fight. I remember the stress of just getting tickets and hotels the first time around. So I'm yeah. not looking Ugh. forward to that this time.
1: That's the one thing but, I don't uh, miss from big cons is travel and hotel. Just well, to-
2: and just the stress of getting everything and making uh-huh. sure you've got your plans locked in. And I mean, I know I'm I'm for sure going to be at Celebration. We'll see who else from the, the Black Squadron crew is able to make it out to Anaheim next year.
1: I'm kicking the tires on it, and I believe David has tickets still. I don't think he refunded his or whatever you guys did the first time it was canceled. But as far as I know, he still has his tickets. So the last thing we have in news is pretty fun.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So they got I believe this was announced on May 4th, but... Poe Dameron's Rise of Skywalker X-Wing is coming to the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., which for BP and myself is right down the street from <laughs> where, we, where we live, where we work. So we'll basically be living at the Air and Space Museum 24-7, 365 when, when that eventually comes. It's going to be housed outside the Albert Einstein Planetarium, and it's coming in 2022. This is the first time since the late 90s that Star Wars has had any kind of presence in the Smithsonian museums. I believe it was uh, 97. There was the Magic of Myth exhibit. So I would have been really little when we lived in this area when that was around. But I think that we went to the Smithsonian to see this. So I'm excited to see just another Star Wars exhibit, especially something as big as an X-Wing hanging in the Air and Space Museum. It's going to be Super cool, and I'm just really excited for it.
1: It's going to be like right if you guys ever been to this, to the Air and Space Museum here in DC, it's going to be with like legit space shuttles like hanging from the ceiling. Like, that's crazy to me. But, and like Todd said, it's not going to be on display in DC until 2022. However, they are currently putting it together and cleaning it and all the jazz they do for preservation now at the Air and Space Museum in Chantilly, Virginia, which is about an hour from DC. And you can actually go and tour and watch this process happen so we could theoretically this week next coming weekend drive out to chantilly and see pose x-wing which i'm all for 100
2: <laughs> basically what we're saying is we're gonna make a road trip out to chantilly to <laughs> we'll see this p- to we'll see put it, it on our youtube C-Pose x-wing yeah we'll
1: put it on youtube for sure
2: <laughs> and that's gonna wrap up it's been a, a pretty quiet news uh news week so that'll wrap up the uh, holonet headline so i'm gonna kick it back to you bp for the cargo hold put captain solo in the cargo hold
1: The Cargo Hold segment is brought to you by Skyward Fun Supply. Skyward Fun Supply was born from a love of two things. Star Wars and the hobby of figure and toy collecting. They are a company that truly knows how fun the hobby of action figure and toy collecting is because they are collectors too, with over 30 years of experience in the hobby. Every item from Skyward Fun Supply is guaranteed to be in meant condition. Head over to www.skywardfunsupply.com and use code BSP10 to save 10% All right, gang. Cargo hole. Did you pick anything up this week, Todd?
2: Oh, man. Did I pick up things this week? Should I go first? (laughs) Because I only have like three. I was going to say, why don't you go first? Because I seem to have a problem with collecting. So I got,
1: shockingly, the Qui-Gon Gen Amazon exclusive Funko Pop. I ordered it in March, the same time Todd did, but Todd got his like immediately. And mine was quote-unquote no shipping date determined so i assumed i was going to get a cancellation email forgot about it for a couple months and then got an email that it was shipping so i got it and it's beautiful and i'm going to do a video for youtube our youtube channel and it's it's funko pops comes such a long way in a short amount of time it's crazy but this pop is incredible if you guys don't have it try to order from amazon or get it second secondary market because it is a it's a must-have in my opinion I'm not going to buy pups anymore, said Brandon as he cried slowly. I um, say the
2: same thing, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I also went to Comic Logic in Ashburn, Virginia the other day to pick up some comics, and I got pretty much all of the Bounty Hunter, new Bounty Hunter series. Let's see here. What are the, How many did I get here? Let me count it out for you. This so is the alpha. I got the alpha. I got a variant. I cannot remember who the artist is. This is very helpful content for people who aren't listening to this. Uh, I got cover A. I also got the awesome director's cut that has the all-black boba. This is really cool, and I did not pay attention to this at all, but it's the story, normal story, in color, and then the second half of it is the same exact story, but in black and white, which is gorgeous as somebody who loves the walking dead comics a, a black and white star wars comic is something i didn't realize i needed in my life and i'll just i won't spoil it for because todd hasn't read it yet but just look at that scene just uh,
2: boba oh on. i'm aware uh, i think the director's cut has a couple extra panels too yeah. that the uh it's much original thicker. alpha yeah. doesn't and yeah then i got
1: the um action figure variant because these is my absolute favorite star wars variants and it's the black boba it's handsome uh did not expect to find one of these a star wars force awakens blank variant these go for pretty pity on ebay got it for five bucks can't wait to doodle on that and then last but not least i really didn't expect to see this i've actually never seen this comic in person and it's it's available on ebay but the price is a little high for what the book is even though he's my guy but poe dameron star wars obviously annual number two and it's this variant of just oscar isaac's
2: just smoldering like a tire fire you know what i mean <laughs> looking like the dapper gentleman that he is and yeah i think i think that's all i got this week i feel like we've gotten to the point where like we get stuff but it blends like when we've got it oh, <laughs> so it's like i got this stuff but i have no idea when i actually got it <laughs> that's i know for so for my big thing I, I, we talked about this last week that I, I bought a bunch of stuff on may 4th i got a bunch of those may 4th things in in the mail finally. So I got my Roosevelt's Boba Fett shorts, which they're like Boba Fett bathing suit bottoms. Mm -hmm. Love them. They look, let me see. ah, They're not close enough for me to show you BP. They look great. I'm excited to have hot boy summer wearing Boba Fett all (laughs) over the place. I got the vintage collection return of the Jedi Boba Fett with the correct sensor bar courtesy of Jeremy over at Skyward Fun Supply. He hooked me up with that because I am crazy and I want to have both the correct and the incorrect version for whatever reason. So I've got both of those now. I've got a whole bunch of Black Series Mando figures that I finally unboxed and, and put up with the rest of my Black Series Mando display. We got some real nice stickers in the mail.
1: They're massive. That I
2: got for the for the show. These things are huge. They're four by four, four inch by four inch stickers. And I don't know why in my brain I thought they were going to be smaller than they were. But they, we just got them in the mail. And they look like legit coaster like hockey puck sized <laughs> stickers. So be on the lookout for those. I'm sure we'll give some of those out to, to people and to listeners. They are quite nice, though. They're, they're the, Black Ser- the Black Squadron logo. So be on the lookout for those. One thing I did do is I was at my parents recently. And they, for whatever reason, have held on to all the Legos that I had as a child. So I, on a whim, was like, oh, let me dig through and see, you know, what we've gotten there. I found so many old Lego sets, like 20-plus-year-old Lego sets from the late 90s, early 2000s, probably more early 2000s. But I found my, the like, original Droid Escape Lego set, the Escape Pod with the original R2 and 3PO mold. <laughs> I found the Zam-Wessel minifigure because i had her ship from that scene in attack of the clones i found the grievous chase minifigure set so found that found a bunch of found a grievous minifigure found a bunch of jar jar minifigures i have like four jar jar minifigures now <laughs> a whole bunch of funness so I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna go digging back through those again at some point and try and rebuild some of those older sets because they're they're a lot simpler than the ones now the lego sets now are insane to look at Mm -hmm. because i literally looked up the instructions for this droid escape and it's like a single sheet (laughs) of how to build this lego (laughs) set and that's like it's it's so simple compared to like the razor crest lego set which had like a thick thick booklet of instructions
1: i mean even tiny lego sets now have like booklets of yeah. instructions like a my daughter has a Riot and a lost dragon last dragon mm-hmm. and it's like a, it came in a baggie it's how small it is it's a literal booklet instruction sheet yeah so many pieces yeah.
2: it's crazy so that was <laughs> fun fun little walk down memory lane i, I think to. i'm gonna keep trying to go through and get as many of my old old toys now that i'm collecting my old stuff again <laughs>
1: i need to get that uh holiday poe from you yes from the uh christmas calendar the advent calendar
2: yeah let's see i've got him right right here Oh, look at him in his little with his
1: little sweater. Handsome sweater. He's I handsome.
2: love the sweater's got BB-8 on it, too. Perfect. I feel like you need like that sweater. <laughs> I do need that sweater
1: and I will make it if it doesn't exist. I th- yeah, I don't think I got anything else. I was trying to rack my brain. I went shopping or I went to stores for other reasons and I stopped by the toy section and it was just they're pretty bare it, all around us. They did have the Queel Black Series when I was there the other day. They had the Hoth Trooper Archives and they had what are those new sets called? They're like tiny, totally blank on the names of them. Anyway, they had the Obi Wan and the Captain Rex with their starships. But oh, the, the
2: mission fleet, mission ones?
1: fleets, yeah. And they had yeah. the, the entire Mandalorian cast mission fleet it was like 25 bucks, but they had like 50 of them. So apparently, they put their money in the mission fleet and it's not working out for it. At my yeah, store,
2: I, I don't. I anytime I go to Target or whatever to just peruse the toy section to see if there's anything on the pegs i see a ton of those mission fleets and they're just not moving so they're but there's never anything else that like we actually want
1: yeah i mean they're not bad it, it's just that they're they're very small mm-hmm. they're for their for what they are they're i feel like they're crazy overpriced like 15 bucks for a little ship and a little character it just feels like it's a little too much to me i mean i guess other people agree because the shelves are they're peg warmers uh, essentially. essentially yep. they did have i didn't buy it i had some self-control some rare self-control um babu frick half plush but with a rubber head and he talked if you touched his foot it was on sale for 12 it was on sale for 12 bucks they did the hey hey and i, I went to walk away and i was like i hit it one more time and it goes black
2: black black And i was like are you gonna buy this <laughs> so i was able to walk away from it <laughs> It's like you're banging your credit card on the table <laughs> yeah. as you walk by it
1: but uh yeah that was about it they didn't have much at all no, they didn't have they i know they had um Zord Bliss, Funko Pops, like a bunch of them. They must have found like a box in the back or something. They just threw them up on the
2: shelf. <laughs> but, I know they're getting ready to start putting out the Clone Wars Black Series, Lucasfilm 50th, mm-hmm. because I keep seeing those popping up and like, Yak Face has been posting people who have found some of them. Those are going to be a nightmare to get. Just the the fact that we're already getting sporadic mm-hmm. characters being put on shelves and the fact that. There's no pre-orders for it. It's all day of online and in store only. Yeah, and it's a Target exclusive. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be a, a pain. So I'm I feel for anybody that's going to try and get those because that's going to be a real stressful like, drive to six targets kind of toy hunt.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Uh, and I only one I think I would really want from this set is boy I don't know now that I say that was uh, is Rex in the first line? I can't remember. No, it's just it's Echo, it's right? Trooper
2: Echo, Echo. Um, the mm-hmm. pilot, and then Kenobi and Anakin.
1: Yeah, I think I'd want Echo if I was going to get one. I don't like the they face groups on the other ones.
2: They look good, and I love the the packaging because it's that Clone Wars packaging uh, all the time. It's like packaging it's from the three and three quarter line, but in. Black series scale, so it looks fantastic. It's just it's a shame that it's gonna be a nightmare a nightmare and it's gonna <laughs> end up all over eBay.
1: Yeah, I wish it was that Skyward uh, fun supply, I can tell you that. But since we can't find any toys and swords, we're buying them all from Skyward and actually we uh bring a fun thing back to you guys called the Skyward Top Ten. So Jeremy over at Skyward is sending us a his top ten sellers every week, and we'll go we'll start from ten, go to one, so we just have a little fun to see what's selling right now. So Skyward Top Ten, number ten, Mattel the child premium plush bundle number nine the vintage collection grief karga number eight funko ray skywalker with yellow lightsaber um which is looks really good in the render uh i just saw one this weekend and i didn't care for it in person uh number seven the black series elite squad clone trooper number six the black series moff gideon number five tvc that's the vintage collection the child number four the black series dark ray Oh, that's crazy that's still on a top 10 uh number three black series bo katan not surprising number two the black series the mandalorian electronic helmet and number one which is probably no surprise to anybody the vintage collection boba fett return of the jedi i wonder how if that has anything to do with people like todd buying two of them trying to get both versions
2: <laughs> well i know it's been a nightmare just to get The vintage collection Boba Fett, but then the fact that Jeremy got the ones that have the correct sensor bar because they had so the issue with for those who aren't aware, the first batch had the sensor bar on Boba Fett's chest armor missing, but those still got sent out. So I originally had the uh, figure pre-ordered through Hasbro Pulse back when it first was announced. Got that in, but it was the first batch that had the the error. So the second batch that they did has the correct sensor bar and that's the, every, everything else is the same about the figure it's just that one little detail and Sky, skyward got the correct version in so everybody's looking to get the correct version
1: i mean if it's going to matter to somebody it's going to matter to star wars collectors right so
2: well and boba is such a big seller that i feel like anything boba related mm-hmm. it'll immediately sell out or it'll it'll be a top seller just because the whole reason that boba exists was to push toys and uh there's such a loyal following for boba collectors
1: i the resurgence of boba Fett has been
2: an unexpected surprise
1: but welcome so yeah there's actually a couple other things announced uh, like it's like same with the news like it's a pretty slow week In terms of toy and regular news, but this is this caught my eye. Mandalorian pinball machines. These things are gorgeous. I'm a little older than Todd, and pinballs were pinball machines were still kind of popular-ish when I was younger. But then they fell off because of, I assume, video games and all that jazz. But there is a on YouTube. I'm sorry, StarWars.com. There's an article for this Mandalorian pinball machine where they have a YouTube video, and it shows everything how it works there's three different versions the artwork is stunning there is some really great models inside of each one the music is awesome obviously there was no price (laughs) on the article
2: i did see the prices for them because i went to the website yeah Yeah. stern pinball Mm -hmm. and they're like several thousand dollars like i think the cheapest one's like seven thousand dollars Which, for a moment, I was like, well, maybe, maybe. And then I was like, no, 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 get that out of your mind. If you get a pinball machine, your girlfriend will disown you. That's more than my car. Exactly. I was like, what? (laughs) Down payment for a car, (laughs) Mandalorian pinball machine.
1: Nonetheless, they are still really cool if you don't, haven't seen them yet, definitely go check them out because they are really fun to look at. Um, and then, of course, because the sun went down and the moon came up and then the sun came back up, there's another Monopoly, <laughs> Star Wars Monopoly. This time it's for the Complete Saga Edition. I guess this will be 2.0 because I have the Complete Saga Edition from 2010, where, as we know, added to the saga. So um, the pieces are really cool. They're all many, many busts of popular characters and instead of hotels they're little tie fighters and little x-wings and instead of money it's credits uh and stuff like that so if you want to just really get into an argument with your family get star wars monopoly (laughs) and then again super slow week but i did find this on starwars.com there is a c-3po pewter figurine by royal i'm gonna butcher this selengor Selandor, yeah, it's super limited edition. It's made of pewter. It is gilded in twenty-four karat gold, except for the right lower leg, obviously, to maintain movie accuracy from A New Hope. It's only five thousand of them. They're individually numbered. Nine inches tall, five inches wide, five hundred dollars. It's really pretty. I mean, obviously, it's gold. C three P is gold. It's it's a home run. It's a easy thing to do because it's perfect character to, for this. 24 karat gold thing. Not for me. It's a little pricey for me, but if you are a huge see-through view of it, it'd be really cool to get one and get it signed by Anthony Daniels. Half seas? No, I'm kidding. We're not doing it. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time, you know? And then these kind of came out of the blue. Galaxy's Edge hit us with Ray's saber, Ray Skywalker saber with a yellow blade and all. It's gorgeous. the The only issue I have is it's a push button and not the actual trigger system essentially that it had in the movie beggars can not be choosers but that i found that a little odd and then really out of the blue this morning somebody bought the dark saber from doc on dars and it's cool as shit looking (laughs) it's all black it looks just like from the show i can't remember so they're getting rid of what asajj ahsoka i think
2: they're getting rid of One of the Ahsoka sets, which Mm, makes sense because the Ahsoka show and live Mm -hmm. action Ahsoka, they're probably going to push more of that style of saber.
1: So they're restocking and kind of surprised everybody with these uh, two new sabers. And the Dark Saber does, you can buy the, you can purchase the blade too, which there's videos on, on Instagram they just continue to make killer killer products. And then last but not least for toy news in the cargo hold, Bad Batch Funko Pop, set 1. So we've had a Hunter pop in the past, and now we have set 1. And it specifically says that in the title, so you have to assume we're going to get set 2, maybe set 3. So set 1 is Wrecker, Hunter, Crosshair, Tech, or Tick and Echo. Todd, my question to you, who would you want for set 2 from the Bad Batch?
2: Oh. Based off of what we've seen so far, Mm -hmm. so slight spoiler.
1: Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers.
2: If you haven't watched Bad Batch yet, I'm going to give you that warning right now. I would probably go with Crosshair's new armor that we see in episode three—that all black armor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really cool, and I've got some fun. There's some fun theories that we'll talk about in the in the during the Bad Batch report, but. I the the just the look of that armor, I I think would look fantastic as a Funko Pop.
1: Uh, yeah, give me give me that because it's got such a Death Trooper vibe to it, and I love that. I really want Grand Moth Tarkin because his his face and hair design cracks me up, and I love it. And I love Tarkin. Um, I would love an Omega. I think
2: that'd be really cool. There is one Tarkin Funko Pop, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see how they did it because they still tried to like they don't have like the outward cheekbone. Yeah but it's like they they simulated it on the the square rectangular looking Funko Pop head. That was a box exclusive, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one of the Smuggler's Bounty exclusives when those were a thing.
1: I didn't get that one. I, I punted on the... I think the last one i got might have been the phasma box i got because i got the chase tie fighter pilot and i was just like i can't get better
2: <laughs> yeah you locked out right there that <laughs> yeah. was like one of the hardest ones to get <laughs>
1: yeah i was like okay i'm done so that's gonna do it for cargo hold and up next is the bad batch report the
2: cavalry has arrived all right so spoilers obviously as we talk about episode three episode three is titled the replacements so episode starts out Bad Batch is in a damaged Havoc Marauder after leaving Saleucami. As they were leaving Saleucami, they were getting the absolute life shot out of their ship. You've got Omega reading a holopad laying next to Gonky. I will never get over the fact that the Gonk droid's name is Gonky. (laughs) I... I am no lie, really tempted to make a Gonk droid because I've seen like people make them by mm-hmm. putting just like two plastic containers yeah. together and then putting legs. And I, I really want to make one just to have in my room as a display, or like do like wrecker curls with her or something like that. Wrecker comes in, says, "What are you? You know, are you laying against a droid. You look uncomfortable." And then Hunter shows up, says, "It's dinner time." Wrecker and all his can only focus on one thing at a time because he's like a dog. <laughs> he's like, "Ooh, food!" Eats that in thirty seconds. Ask for more. They're on ration bars because they're on the run. So Omega offers hers. Hunter gets is like no record. Like she needs to eat. He's kind of, oh, I'm not used to having a child around. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, uh, he's
1: the child. Usually uh,
2: he's very much like his. De- I love records demeanor just because he's so no brain cells going on, but still also like very much knows what's going on at the same time. He's like got that like outward dumb look, but he's still like inward smart. Mm-hmm. the lights on the ship start to flicker because of all the damage after leaving Salukami, Tech is like, don't worry. All the systems are fine. He's focused on finishing a, a scanner to test the functionality of the inhibitor trips because they want to know why. Obviously, they didn't have Order 66 kick in and, and want to kill all the Jedi the ship suddenly drops out of hyperspace and Echo reports that they've blown their power capacitor because we need to have some kind of turmoil in this episode to really kick things off they perform a crash landing Wrecker straps in Omega and then straps himself in and Wrecker freaking out during the crash landing is like how i feel internally whenever i have to fly now (laughs) i just don't like like if i hit the slightest bit of turbulence i'm like that's it we're all gonna die it's over (laughs) it's game over he hits his head which makes for a very interesting little thing throughout the whole episode sort of the area he hits is right where that inhibitor chip kind of is so either they're teasing that something's gonna happen with wrecker and the inhibitor chip or they're gonna just do a little fake out, make us all think that's going to happen, and then just to uh, scare us and, and scare BP into yeah. what's going to happen to Wrecker.
1: <laughs> don't do it. Dude. Come on. Don't do it to me.
2: <laughs> so, they crash on this desolate moon. We then go back to Camino, where we are introduced to Vice Admiral Rampart for the first time, which is funny that we were introduced to him now when his toy was already announced, and all the the merch for him was kind of already pushed before we officially got his introduction in this episode. So he's very much in the camp of wanting to replace the clones with conscripted soldiers. He's mm-hmm. like, clones are a relic of the past. Let's get conscripted people in. They can do the job just as well for a fraction of the cost. This when- is under Project War Mantle, which, a little fun callback to Rogue One, is one of the projects that jenner is looking through when she's looking for the death star plans they start listing off a bunch of different imperial projects and war mantle is one of them i always love when we have little little tie backs to sort of the larger star wars universe Mm -hmm.
1: and uh i don't know if you were as confused as i was when they announced the totally forgot his name rampart at vice admiral rampart's black series i was like who the hell is that
2: those horses exactly back. yes it's like what who is this guy like we haven't seen anything about him so this is where we get introduced to him obviously tarkin has as we've seen in the first two episodes is in the camp of replacing the clones because it's costly and not really ideal for the the new empire moving forward and the Owens are like no like we want money please stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> like stop trying to take all of our contracts and then we get introduced to this first group of elite squad soldiers, which I thought, OK, so they they show these elite soldiers. They're decked out in black. They look awesome. One of them looks somewhat like Iden Versio. So everything I saw online was like, that's Iden. It's Iden. It's Iden. It's Iden. And then it's like, well, the timeline doesn't really add up. None of that really makes sense. So it's just another female trooper with a tight pulled back head bun, which is regulation, regulation. Look. But they're this elite squad of of soldiers, and they're supposed to come in and sort of take the place of of the clone troopers. So it's a little bit of Camino action going on. We go back to this moon. Tech and Echo are working on fixing the ship. They hear some snarling sounds. They start to like look around. They look at the side of the ship. There's these gigantic scratch marks going up and down the side of the ship. Turns out to be this uh, little creature called an Ordo Moon Dragon. And these things thrive on eating energy. So obviously they've got the ship that's full of slowly dying energy. Yeah. But energy nonetheless. It's got some real the dragon.
1: Uh, Empire Strikes Back vibes though. When, uh...
2: Yeah, exactly. As the um oh what are the what are they called? The minox. Yeah, minox, yep. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. It's like yeah. you land, all of a sudden these like energy hungry alien creatures Actually, start to eat
1: at your ship. Was that a verbatim scene of with omega seeing it jump on this window and leia seeing
2: the minor jump on the window it's probably a little bit of a, a callback yeah it's yeah. uh that scene with empire because you can hear kind of like mm-hmm. the sounds on the outside of the ship and then it just like sprints down the the bottom of the ship with this this energy capacitor that techno and and uh echo had just installed just mm-hmm. kind of funny that they like install it, then they like leave it completely exposed by the way while they're going and searching around. It's like, all right, let's go check over here and see tech. Leave this completely unguarded.
1: <laughs> tech and Echo's relationship is hilarious. Like they're so they're like cross lovers. <laughs> okay. The way they speak to each other.
2: Side tangent. I was going through the character encyclopedia that uh Jason Fry put out
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I was looking at the heights of the Bad Batch characters. Mm-hmm. Tech is six foot four. So how tall is the wrecker? Six, six. But the fact that Tech is six foot four, I don't know why I thought Tech was like this scrawny little dude. Tech is a giant.
1: Wait, so that means that Crosshair is probably six, four ish.
2: No, I think all the other ones are closer to like six, one. Hunter's five eleven. So Hunter's the little one of the group. He's the he's the itty bitty guy. But yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, how is how is tech six foot four? It just it blew my mind. I was like, I, I still can't get over the fact that tech is six foot four.
1: Yeah, I can't wrap my brain around that.
2: <laughs> anyway, side side note. I'm now a big tech stand. We are we are all in the tech category. We we love a tall clone. Like I said, Dragon steals the power capacitor. And then they're like, all right, well, that's the last one we have. So we got to go track this thing down. Go back to Camino. Tarkin is observing this elite squad. They're sort of giving their reasons why they're supporting the empire because this is obviously still in the early days of the Republic transitioning to the empire. Some of them are just kind of in the mindset like, hey, this is a a roof over my head, a A job, three square meals kind of of job, so I'll do whatever. They don't think that the empire is going to be what we eventually see the empire as this power-hungry, take-no-prisoners kind of mentality government to test their loyalty and to also test whether or not these conscripted soldiers can perform as well as the clones, Tarkin gives them the same mission that he gave the Bad Batch before they were declared traitors and on the run to go to Andron, take out Sagarera and his forces. So if they can do that and they can succeed where the cream of the crop clones couldn't, then makes the case stronger that they can be used to replace the clones.
1: Good, so, soldier, good soldiers follow orders.
2: Yeah, it's Crosshair's commitment to that statement is quite something. He and Tarkin are perfect for each other
1: because they're both men. They
2: really are. And it's, it's hard because obviously Crosshair is doing what he's doing. In part because his inhibitor chip is being amplified and his was one of the few that were actually effective compared to the rest of the Bad Batch. So it is like you feel like he's doing what he's doing because he doesn't really have a choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at some point they're going to sort of have that moment where he realizes what he's doing is wrong. But he still kind of maybe doubles down on it like they uh, try to get a redemption and then. It ends up doubling back down, and and he's like, "I'm too far gone." Kind of mentality. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think
1: Mari said this last week or week before. Time's not real. Um, where she thinks there'll be a come back to the light type deal for Crosshair.
2: It makes sense, especially if this is a multi-season show to try and have some kind of redemption with
1: with Crosshair. I would like that very much, but I also like villains, so. And he's a perfect villain.
2: He does serve exactly the role that he needs to. He's the bad guy that we were talking about it in our uh, wrap up of the first two episodes. But he is very much a character that you don't like. And he does that role very well.
1: He's like the perfect villain for for our our heroes, too, because he knows them so well. He knows exactly what they're going to do at all times, essentially.
2: Well, he knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. He knows sort of their fears. I mean, he he knows they're his brothers at the end of the day. So he knows his brothers very well. And I feel like there's going to be moments where he uses that against them as the show progresses. I feel like there's going to be a lot. It's Dave Filoni. So obviously there's going to be some, a lot of emotional moments that we don't anticipate that are just going to hit like a, a bag of bricks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this is a nice, lovely kids show. And then like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, my emotions are scattered all over the floor again. And I'm weeping at 3am. Yeah. The episode jumps between Hunter and Omega tracking this dragon. Originally Hunter was like Omega stay on the ship. Wrecker. He's got his head issues, like we were saying. So, he's on the ship. Hunter wants Omega to stay on the ship, and she's like, well, I'm one of you guys, right? And he's like, alright, you make a good point. Like, fair enough. You convinced me already. <laughs> so, they go out searching for this dragon. At the same time, the elite squad is on Andron tracking down Saga'ra's forces. They absolutely obliterate these rebels with ease. There's no, no challenge to that. They've yeah, it's it's a slaughter. It's a literal And this execution. is honestly probably it's one of the darkest moments that we see in animated Star Wars content because they kill the soldiers protecting these civilians and then they proceed to go after the civilians and one of the elite squad soldiers is like, "Well, I didn't sign up for this." Like, let's just take them as prisoners. Crosshair is like, "Nah, good soldiers follow orders." Shoots the dude. So he's already killing one of his own for disobeying orders not a care in the world, and then they proceed to use a flamethrower to kill the civilians. I was like, this is a children's show.
1: Dude, I that's been stuck in my brain since I watched the show. Like, uh, It's bad enough, like they gave them the Ela Sakura
2: treatment, where they just lit them up for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. A literal flamethrower. It does a great job of showing just how cruel the Empire is, which I think is going to be something that We've seen it in the movies. We see, you know, Alderaan getting blown up. We've seen in Rebels some of the stuff that the Empire did. So really driving home that transition from the Republic to the Empire is is huge. And I think that we're – I honestly think we're going to see more of this as we move forward. More of these darker moments, more of the Empire really just doing bad things. Yeah, I don't imagine it's going to get any brighter anytime soon. <laughs> no. There's going to be bright moments, I think, as, as the Bad Batch starts to move closer and closer towards the Rebel Alliance, because we, we both agree that that's sort of where this is probably going to head at some point is uh-huh. the early days of the Rebellion. Hunter and Omega track down the dragon.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hunter gets gets a little tussle with the, the dragon, gets his mask knocked off, passes out, and just straight up is like, all right, I'm taking a nap. Peace out, Girl Scout. So Omega is like, well, it's up to me to save the day now. And this is where I think because she and Hunter, while they're looking for this dragon, talk about how she wants to have sort of the skills that the Bad Batch have that hunters, you know, enhanced senses, cro- st- record strength, crosshairs, shooting, text, mind. And Hunter talks about how, you know, we're genetically engineered for that. And we've seen we saw a little bit of a tease like Omega first time picking up a blaster, being able to shoot crosshairs sniper out of his hands Uh and now you see sort of her tracking skills and some of that enhanced senses that hunter has so i think we're going to see more and more of omega figuring out she's got some of these skills that the rest of the bad batch have Uh and as we see later in the episode so they eventually find the power power capacitor go back to the ship happy days back on Camino. Crosshair and the rest of the elite squad return. Rampart is promoted to admiral because the mission was a success. Tarkin still says, "Like, all right, we'll keep some of the clones at, during this transition time because clearly we still need blind loyalty that we get out of Crosshair." This was interesting: is that Lamasu and Nalthis are worried about this conscription aspect and how it's going to cut into their business, and Nalthis warns that. Django Fett's genetic material is degrading more and more each day because obviously he's not around. So they're using just the last little bits of Django Fett's DNA to make these clones and that they need to move to the next phase of developing a superior clone. And they don't really flat out say like we need the Bad Batch back, but they basically say like we need one of the Bad Batch back. So I think it's going to be a little bit of the Kaminoans wanting... Omega back, because Omega is the culmination of the Bad Batch. And using that, and using, yeah, using her to create the next super clone.
1: I They they have crosshair. Just use him, you bastards.
2: (laughs) They could, and that's the thing, is they have access to crosshair. Mm -hmm. So, they could, in theory, just take his DNA and start making more crosshairs, but that's why I think they want Omega back, and we're going to at some point see It'd be crazy to see Boba Fett, because he's technically, I I don't know, would he be considered Kaminoan property? Because he's technically a clone, but seeing him get recruited to go track down Omega and bring Omega back to Kamino. That's interesting. Is he Kaminoan property? Because he is a clone. He is, but he was an unaltered clone that was basically like a son to Django. he's not property so,
1: no that was part of the contract that he got essentially a son okay. an, an altered son so, right right i mean that's the, in our world like that
2: yeah you would assume but who knows it could be a cool i'm sure they'll send someone after omega at some point because they want their property back and how they view the, the clones as their property mm-hmm. so that'll be a, uh, I think a little bit of an interesting sort of subplot going on in the greater story arc, I meant to bring this up earlier, but the elite squad's armor mm-hmm. and Crosshair's new Imperial armor, that all black look. And this is what you and me had spoiled for, for us before with the, the toy leaks Yep, that Crosshair was going to turn to the Imperial side because he's getting his own Imperial armor figure. Mm-hmm. But that all black look is so clean looking and so, so sharp. And looks very much like the Death Trooper armor that we see in Rogue One. So there's a lot of speculation about whether or not Crosshair serves as the basis for the first Death Troopers. Or if this elite squad is going to turn into what the Death Troopers become.
1: I'm here for it. I love me some Death Troopers. i excited for any time we can get more Death Trooper content in our lives.
2: Well, and I think it, it's an interesting way to, to, to explain... Cause we'll probably see the formation of the stormtrooper corps. I would imagine that's something that'll come up at some point in the show. So seeing some of these special forces offshoots of, of that sort of develop and how they came to be, I mm-hmm. think will be an interesting way to, to flesh out more of the empire military structure and how that rose out of the, the Republic. So episode wraps up with a little bit of a, a heartwarming ending You've got Wrecker surprising Omega with her own room on the ship because she didn't have a room prior to that and gives her his beloved Tuca doll, Lula. We love to see Lula. She The fact that Wrecker gives up something that he obviously holds very close to his heart mm-hmm. as easily to to Omega is a sign that he's kind of a big old softy and they're becoming more and more the dad badge <laughs> with each episode. <laughs>
1: I need that shirt, like for real. That batch.
2: There's got to be a bunch of them. If there's not, we'll make one. Just yeah. don't sue us.
1: I I love that ending. I love that Omega's little accent. Never had her in before. <laughs> her her mini Korg accent. Yeah, and the, and the Tuka doll. Gotta love Lula.
2: Because they keep doing these happy endings, I'm worried eventually it's going to be like an episode that just like rips our heart out at the end. Yes. <laughs> 100 percent, yes <laughs> before we move
1: on to our next segment which is future star wars projects they kind of added in a new two new things to disney plus kind of out of the blue um there's one about vehicles you do fly throughs through vehicles and then the one that i've watched and loved is biomes have you seen biomes yet
2: i've enjoyed biomes biomes is a really peaceful way to look at the Star Wars galaxy. I'll have it on in the background while I do stuff and I'm like, this is so peaceful and serene. It's kinda of, kind of like what is it? ASRM? Star Wars ASMR. <laughs> yeah, ASMR. Yeah, 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 So it's
1: it's really cool. If you haven't watched it, it's only like 18 minutes long. So it starts out in Hoth and you're flying over imagine yourself in a drone, you're flying over Hoth and there's ATATs and there's the probe droid and tauntauns, and like, there's just little sounds in the background of things that you know from Star Wars. So It starts off in Hoth, then it goes to the deserts in Tatooine, you see Jawas and C-3PO and R2, and again, just little intricate sounds from Star Wars. Then you go to Sorgan, which Sorgan was my personal favorite. It's stunning, and the sounds are awesome little heads up there is a razor crest flyover that's incredibly loud so if you have headphones on or something just turn it down for a second then it goes to crate again gorgeous crate does not get the love it deserves it's such a cool looking planet then it goes to mustafar and vader's castle and that's also phenomenal and then it ends at octu and there is a, a good 10 15 second clip of three porgs flying and you're you're behind them so you just got like, get pork butt action <laughs> while they're flying at their their cute little things
2: if you've been to disney have you ever been on like the soaring rides at disney so they have like these like i know disneyland has like soaring over california where it's basically like you're flying through california mm-hmm. and that's what biomes reminds me of is like you're flying through the galaxy
1: yeah, it's super relaxing like i plan to have it on tomorrow during work just in the background because it is very relaxing and it releases releases tension even. So if you guys are looking for a Star Wars related Zen biomes, check it out. 18 minutes long. Speaking of Disney+, Plus, let's get into um, future Star Wars stuff that's coming out here. So obviously, Obi-Wan series. They're filming now. We got the Obi-Wan audio earlier. No brainer, can't wait. It's set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. A lot of the cast has been announced, and I'm assuming we're going to get more and more over the time before the show starts, because it doesn't start until 2022, right? The end of 2022?
2: I think, yeah. Because I know originally, I think it was supposed to come out sooner, and obviously with the pandemic, they had to push the yeah. filming. So they're just now filming it. So I imagine sometime in 2022, we'll we'll get the Kenobi series. And then the other one that we
1: know more and more about seemingly daily is the andor series so it's the cassian andor from rogue one it's going to come out in 2022 as well and they are filming right now and we keep getting i feel like leaks every other day of photos but the photos i mean leak is a strong word photos of star wars ish things from the set of andor
2: (laughs) it'll be photos of of cassian and in his or diego luna's Mm -hmm. costume and and
1: short, short troopers. some
2: sets and and some troopers yeah nothing like super spoiler like oh no we have the whole ending of the the show <laughs> yeah, ruined yeah. for us kind of spoilers yeah. but it is obviously they're they're filming they're doing a lot of outdoor on location filming compared to mando or yeah. compared to book of boba fett so i feel like that is why we've seen so many more leaks
1: yeah well, i mean yeah it's outside right people are yeah about
2: yeah someone just flies a drone overhead and you get got a whole bunch of set photos all of a sudden it's a crazy time we
1: live in so the indoor series is going to be during the formidable years of the rebellion we'll have familiar characters like mon mothra mon mothma not mothra <laughs> she's not attacking godzilla alan tudyk says he will not be in the first season i was not under the impression that we would get more than one season so that's exciting to me uh, more, more. Solid. I don't know if
2: it's one of those misdirection things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not in it. Oh no, yeah. it wouldn't shock me if he's not. If there is more than one season for this show, it wouldn't shock me if he's not in it because meeting Ka- meeting K2SO and and sort of that relationship, I could be see being something like the first season. They explain Cassian's backstory and and his early days in the rebellion, and then the second season, you focus more on that K2 Cassian dynamic.
1: I love K2, so I really hope he's a, eventually in my home more often. We got cast announcements. Obviously, Diego Luna's coming back to be Andor, Cassian Andor. We have Stellan Skarsgård, Genevieve O'Reilly, Denise Goh, Kyle Soller, and Adria Ajorna. So I assume out in 2022, I wouldn't be terribly shocked if we get a
2: trailer, teaser trailer for this before the end of this year. Maybe, I know, we'll get something for Book of Boba Fett probably August, well, September-ish. I hope that's so. in hope <laughs> Yeah. So, I'd imagine maybe after Book of Boba Fett's done with its season, or I guess it's a limited series. So, once that wraps up, mm-hmm. maybe get something about the next project that's coming out, which will either be, I'm assuming, and or Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess, Bad Batch Season 2 could also probably fill that void.
1: Mando season three. Let's well, speak of book of Boba Fett. That comes out December 2021. So this year, it will have Tim Morrison, obviously, and Ming Na Wen coming back as her half assassin droid role.
2: <laughs> I think this is the thing I'm most excited for, honestly.
1: It's got the potential to be extremely toyetic and so much merchandise because Boba Fett's a cash cow, right? I mean, he's been a cash cow for 40 years. With no screen time, imagine it just because we've seen it already. We've seen the number one selling figure at Skyward is Boba Fett, and that's from Return of the Jedi. So imagine when they start churning out more and more Book of Boba Fett toys and merch, it's going to be bananas.
2: And I'm well, and we only know really, you know, Tem and, and Ming Night in and we don't really know who else is going to be in the show, who could be making cameos, mm-hmm. who they could be possibly bringing in. We could see all of the bounty hunters come back. I mean, we could see Dengar show up at some point, Bosk show up at some point, because I'm pretty sure they haven't killed these people off technically. Like I know there's some stuff that's like, oh, you can see Bosk on Jabba's sail barge in return of the Jedi or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But we could easily see some of these bounty hunters show up or even, um, Valence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Valence. We could see him from the comics show up in. From the bounty hunter comics by our good pal, Ethan Sacks. Because they're they're really stressing the the bounty hunters and all of that, so I could see that possibly being a uh, springboard to have them show up in in the book of Boba Fett somehow. So we'll see. I I think there's a lot of potential for this. They're either done filming or they're just finishing up the show, so it's we should be getting something soon ish about what to expect. I yeah,
1: like you, I can't I can't wait. That's gonna be obviously must see television because we, every Friday we're <laughs> waiting till 3am on the dot to watch our favorite shows now.
2: So it is um, curious that this is being like framed as the next chapter in the like Mandalorian story. So everybody assumed cha- season three would be the next Mando story, but this is actually filling that next step for the Mando story. So we could probably, we'll probably see Din Djarin at some point. Say, too. Yeah.
1: I didn't even think about that till you
2: said that the like, Den will most likely be in the series and what that might mean for his story. And we'll talk about this, but they're really building out this whole interconnected Mando verse. Mm-hmm. So it it's going to be, it's going to be, I think a lot of fun to watch this unfold and, and all of these different shows that are going to be tied into one giant story that has a big payoff, sort of like the the Marvel cinematic universe. I mean, you have yep. a bunch of little movies that play into one big event, I think we're going to have a bunch of shows and limited series that play into this one big culminating story point.
1: I I really think it's all leading to a massive Mandalorian war.
2: I do as well. And it makes me really excited to think about that.
1: I'm pretty confident it's going to be Bo-Katan and her crew versus the armor and her crew of Zealots. I told you guys this a long time ago. I think that her I think the armor and her group of Mandalorians are Zealots. I think that they're cuckoo for cocoa puffs and man then's gonna realize what had they had done to him and
2: it could be some shit well and those who know in canon mandalorian history mandalorians are known for fighting each other nonstop. so it's yeah. not like another mandalorian civil war is uncommon or yeah. would be unexpected for for star wars so like, wait, what day i is just it? would Tuesday? love to yeah let's start a yeah. war no one hates Mandalorians more than other Mandalorians. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going to be a really cool and whether or not they decide to show that in a theater, like do a big movie event kind of thing, or just have it be a big Disney plus movie event or or, mm-hmm. or a two hour event or something like that. We'll have to see. I mean, there's a lot of projects, and we'll we'll talk about them, but there's a lot of interconnected shows with this Mandoverse.
1: Speaking of that, then we would get The Mandalorian Season 3, which I assume will be heavily based off what happens in the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I don't even know what to speculate for that because there's still so much in play. Like, will we? Will he be... He wouldn't be looking for Grogu because he essentially gave him to Luke, so like, he would be a whole new path for him. So I assume that Book of Boba Fett's going to put Den on his new trajectory, which may be to find bo again.
2: Do you think that Grogu will show up in Season 3 of Mando? I'm going to say no. I feel the same way, and I'm curious to see what impact that has on the show, because I think, obviously, we're big sweaties for Star Wars, so mm-hmm. we're very much in the we'll watch anything, but I'm curious to see what that does to sort Casuals. of the more casual Star Wars fan who watches just for for Grogu, or has that that pull of of seeing Grogu every week, so it'll be curious to see what what impact. Obviously toy sales are gonna take a hit from the lack of Grogu merch. I just also just thought that Den's gonna get a new ship. I don't know what he'll get. I think it's gonna be the slave one. I think we're gonna see him and Boba basically become best friends. Traveling around as a couple of buddies in the slave one. Finnick, Boba Fett and Den were the three best friends that
1: anyone could have (laughs) <laughs> oh, i would man. i
2: would watch just the three of them non-stop <laughs> like that's all i would want yeah
1: no for sure I, i'm all for that because they all have really good comedic timing too and they all have they can act like li- literally legitimately act so that we could be in store for something special because we already have, like, it's been incredible, right, so far? It's just going to keep getting better. They're going to get this groove and it's just going to just keep getting better and better. And then they're going to add Osoka back into the mix because she's getting her own series and speculating wildly based off what's happened in her stint on season two of The Mandalorian, that she's going to be looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. We're going to blow this Mandoverse up even more and bring in that big blue bastard. And you know who's associated with Thrawn the little Jedi Ezra
2: (laughs) Ezra my only hiccup with this and it made sense that they were going to bring a live action Ahsoka show after having a live action Ahsoka in in season Mm -hmm. two of the Mandalorian I personally prefer that sort of storytelling to be done in the animated sphere Mm. I would much I personally would rather see Ezra's story continued in animation rather than a live action version. Yeah, I could see that, 100%. I don't know if they're going to be looking for Ezra, per se. I know Dave, because that was after the whole, like, where's Thrawn? There's a lot of speculation. I think Dave said something about how where we see Sabine and Ahsoka at the end of Rebels may not be where we see Ahsoka in Season 2 of Mandalorian. So this could very well be before Mm -hmm. they, like, go out to find um, Ezra so yeah
1: it could definitely be a time jump either
2: way we'll see i mean obviously as we get closer we'll get more of an idea of what this is gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see who they cast as thrawn if they do a live action thrawn only because i feel like ever since the celebration mural everybody's got pierce brosnan (laughs) as live action thrawn i still can't believe that that,
1: that, that's the thing like I said st- everybody like everybody like we sat and looked at that mural because it was beautiful like a massive mural at Celebration 2019 and every single person that walked by is that Pierce Brosnan <laughs> like every single person and it was <laughs> what?
2: What if it's like a subtle way for them to be like, by the way, we're making a live action throne, and it's going to be Pierce Brosnan, but we're not going to tell anybody. We're just going to hide it in this mural. <laughs> and then when it's announced, everybody will be like, oh, wow.
1: <laughs> uh, for the Soka series, there is no no date, uh, release date at this at this time. So um, we'll get, I'm, I would guess maybe May the 4th next year. They might have some info on that for us. Um, and then next we have which I imagine their plans have been completely rewritten for this one, the Rangers of the New Republic series. A, they were working towards that in, in Season 2 with Mandalorian, and it was going to be Cartoon, and then I assume the other X-Men pilot I cannot remember the name of off the top of my head that wasn't Dave Filoni. But uh, yeah, those, those plans are out the window now, so I don't know what they're going to do there.
2: It will be interesting to see what they do with this because obviously they introduced the new Republic in season one with the prison break episode, and then they doubled down with more new Republic in season two. So I'm curious to see how they explore similar to what we're seeing in the bad batch with the Republic to the empire, seeing the transition from the empire to the new Republic and sort of that lawlessness that they're trying to corral Obviously, we saw in season one, was it Grief Karga or the client? One of the two was like, oh, no, it was grief. He was like, well, if you have problems, like, why don't you go tell the New Republic? And Din's like, no, like they're useless. I'm not going to go do anything with the New Republic. So clearly there's a disconnect between the authority the New Republic has in the inner rim and Mm -hmm. the respect that they get in the outer rim. So, it'll be kind of interesting to see if they take a, I mean, the whole idea of Rangers of the New Republic, of this is sort of a wild Western kind of vibe in this show.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, so much you don't know, but so much potential to be more amazing Star Wars content. Mm-hmm. And then, either way, this next one I'm very excited for. Either way, either, either either whether it is Billy Dee Williams or Donald Glover in the Lando series, live action Lando series. It's a win. <laughs> either way, they still haven't said who
2: is going to be Lando
1: and no date given for this release. But I got to tell you, I, either way, sign me up.
2: Is there one version you're more partial to than the other?
1: If it was 15, 20 years ago, I would say Billy D. because he, he's, he was more mobile. But mm-hmm. since he is in his elder state and on a cane, I prefer to see. And I love Donald Glover. I would love to see him. Where it ended it? Where where solo ended with him in like that casino in a cave? Like just more more of that? Are you kidding? Yeah, I'll take that.
2: I think it would be fun if they took it like a Calrissian Chronicles kind of approach. Oh yeah, where it's an older Lando retelling tales from his youth. Yes, so you get kind of the best of both worlds. You still get that Billy D mm-hmm. original Lando, but you get that much more young Donald Glover younger donald glover lando that's able to do sort of the more intense action scenes and and sort of the wild antics so obviously they have a lot of respect they work together you know Mm -hmm. donald glover talked to billy d williams about playing lando Mm -hmm. when he was prepping for solo so there's that
1: famous image of them sitting at like an ihop mm -hmm. for breakfast one morning
2: yeah and just and talking the role so i think i i would love to see donald glover reprise his his role as lando in one way and if this is a way to get more solo action or a way that they can test the waters, see if there's you know obviously there's a, a movement to get more solo content the whole make solo two happen movement if this is a way to see if that is really a thing and and how people respond to that in a disney plus series and use that as a springboard to get more solo content and, mm-hmm. and get all the air right? back as Han Solo, I think would be a, a fantastic thing. And I would not complain because I love solo. I think solo is a, a great star Wars movie and, and as star Wars as it gets, it's a fun adventure movie. And
1: I've been putting it off. to see more. I've been itching to watch it. So bad, but I'm trying to put it off till next Monday because next Monday is the solo makes solo two happen day. So I'm trying to wait until then to watch it. But uh, every time I talk about it, or if I see something in passing, I, I want to watch it so bad. Like just that one scene where they, after they get off the mud planet and Han's showering, and then Chewie steps in. He said, like, We couldn't have done this separately,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, just the whole dynamic of everybody in that movie. I mean, you've got Amelia Clark, who was fantastic as Kira, I think Kira is a, a really cool villain by the end of solo or, or a lost character that yeah. sort of doesn't really know what she wants. And Woody Harrelson. Um, Woody did a fantastic job. Jonas Swatomo was a great Chewbacca. Alden really nailed Han. I mean, he, he, he wasn't trying to be Harrison, but he still got Han Solo. Perfect. And in, in my opinion, I young mm-hmm. Han Solo. There was at no point when I was in that the theater for that film that I felt like I was watching someone else playing Han Solo or someone trying to be Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. It was he took that character and and made it his own and, and gave us a great movie.
1: I went to see Solo by myself. I had nobody that was excited. Like none of my friends were excited to see it. I wasn't terribly excited to see it, but it was Star Wars. so I wanted to see it in the theater. I went to see it. And I think I smiled the entire movie. Like, I, I absolutely loved it. And then when I left the theater and, and like, talking to people, like, seeing it online, people were talking about
2: how much they hate. I was like, what? Did I watch a different movie? It's yeah. so good. It's it's one of the few movies that I've seen in theaters multiple times that I've left smiling every single time because it's just such a feel-good, happy movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, please, more solo, please. Um, and then – I know absolutely nothing about this next one. Uh, the Acolyte. So the showrunner is Leslie Headland, which she did. Oh, what did she do? She did something really Rush, It's
2: Russian Dolls, right? Russian the Dolls, name of the, yeah. Yes. Russian
1: Dolls. She'll write and executive produce. Teased as a mystery thriller that will take us to a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Yes. <laughs> I I will watch this. Yes.
2: And thank I'm you. still way behind on The High Republic, but this is something that I think would be a way to get sort of that older era of Star Wars mm. into a, a larger audience than just the books and get it on the big screen.
1: And this is a series, a uh, Disney Plus series, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. It's not a, not a movie. And then Visions... It's Animated Shorts 2021, so this comes out this year. It's a collection of 10 short films celebrating the galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators. So obviously this is a fresh, diverse uh, cultural perspective of Star Wars. So if you're into anime and Star Wars, this should be right up your alley, right? And I think this is going to open up a lot of people who don't watch anime or don't know what anime is and realize that it, there's some really cool stuff out there that they might branch off into something else. So this is a good learning opportunity for everybody uh yeah so like i said this year some point this year i've seen nothing about this since they announced it i don't know if you have
2: i know isn't there there's a a book i believe a tie-in book i think it's called ronin that was Uh, announced uh, a little bit ago yeah yeah. so i believe there's there's a book that's sort of like a tie-in book to this project but obviously we'll get some more information about this at some point i think it's a cool way to branch into a different style of animation for for Star Wars. I mean, we've gotten the unique styles in and Resistance and Clone Wars and Rebels have all had their own uh style of animation. So bringing anime into that I think is really cool. It seems like they've done more recently with Star Wars with with anime and, and manga. We've got the adaptations of a lot of the novels have been made into mangas. So it, it is interesting to see them sort of going with something in uh animation now. So that's, that could be some good stuff. Um, then we have
1: a droid story. There's no release date on this one yet. Um, it's going to be another hybrid of animation and visual effects styles. It will introduce a new hero to be guided by the beloved droid duo on a mission known only to them. I assume the droid duo is R2 and C3PO.
2: Yep. So it's our it's our lovely dynamic duo.
1: I hope, uh, I, hope he, I hope Anthony Daniels is free. To play CD <laughs> or they could just get d bradley baker because he can literally do anything he's the voice of everything he is star wars at this point he is star wars star wars starring d bradley baker and then now we're getting into movies star wars rogue squadron directed by patty jenkins wonder woman will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings 2023 i i mean there was the rogue squadron game right
2: yeah, so there's Rogue Squadron, the game. I think this is going to probably be post original trilogy, probably going more into the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Just because I know that's obviously Disney put out the sequel trilogy. I feel like they're going to want more movies to kind of build out the sequel trilogy era. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. There's a big gap, time gap there. That for people who are Star Wars
1: movie fans that aren't necessarily going to read novels or comics or anything else, animated shows, uh, this is going to be great for filling gaps for them too. So that's exciting. I have no idea what this is going to be about. I don't care what it's about. Uh, It could be just Taika Waititi sitting and staring at the camera for five minutes wearing a a star Wars t-shirt and I'll watch it. So we have an untitled Taika Waititi project, which is crazy. Like Taika Waititi star Wars movie. Think about that for a second.
2: (laughs) I love everything he's done. Jojo rabbit was such an interesting movie about uh, obviously a very dark time in history and just Mm -hmm. the way that he approached it as as the comedic elements but also still the the dark nature of that that era Mm -hmm. i think he's going to do some really crazy things with with star wars and i'd be curious to see if he if it is sort of a comedy because a lot of what he's done is more comedy i mean he obviously brought comedy to the MCU really with with Thor Ragnarok. He had What We Do in the Shadows, which is basically putting comedy in, in a horror movie. <laughs> He's got Jojo Rabbit, which is another, you know, a, a history piece, but with comedy interjected in it. So I could see him doing some sort of I honestly I want to see him do like a holiday special. I want to see like a new live action holiday special and I well, want they to, they to are take doing a T V.
1: They are, are doing they? that. Yeah, but with James Gunn, James Gunn writing it. Oh, that's true. I could see him bringing in Taika to help. You know what I would love a Taika with TT Star Wars project would be a Star Wars cheers. Like in a cantina somewhere. And it's just like literally just goofy cheers type stuff. <laughs> that would be h- hilarious. It's, it's so much fun to watch.
2: Whatever he does is I'm sure going to be a, a hit. I mean, yeah. he did a fantastic job as uh, IG-11 in The Mandalorian. And the episode he directed was was great. So we know he can direct in Star Wars and and it's not it doesn't feel out of place like he obviously has comedic elements in the episode he directed but it's still very we- much blended in with the rest of that season and he directed the finale so he mm-hmm. really took everything from that season and, and gave it a, a good send off
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, we're all Taika stands in this podcast so and then the, the Rain Johnson trilogy Still, (laughs) we can't like, is it or isn't it? But as of right now, it is happening. No date.
2: No idea what it's about. He says they're still working on it. I mean, I don't I feel like this is going to be I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him. Last Jedi isn't necessarily my favorite Star Wars movie, Mm -hmm. but I think he's still a fantastic director. I mean, Knives Out is a great movie. Some of the other films he's put out are, are fantastic films. That I really enjoy, so I wouldn't be, I would like to see him be able to do something in Star Wars without really any constraints. Like obviously, doing The Last Jedi, you still have to play in the the sort of restraints of
1: the sequel trilogy.
2: So yeah, I mean, he had he has, like
1: he had, he yeah. had to make, he had to fit, <laughs> he had to fit ten pounds of taters in an eight pound sack.
2: Yeah, basically. I mean, he's got stuff set up for him in Force Awakens. And then he has Rise of Skywalker afterwards. So he has to sort of bridge what he's given and lead it into something that may or may not have been picked up in Rise of Skywalker. So I'd like to see him be able to have sort of a a whole sandbox to play around with, you know, create his own characters, create his own rules, and just go at it and have fun with it. If it ever happens, I'll watch it. (laughs) And then
1: lastly, an untitled, no date given. No idea what it could possibly be about, what era, what not. But a Kevin Feige movie, who Kevin Feige is the MCU. Like He's the guy who gave us all that. So, sure. <laughs> I, that's all I got to say about that. First couple I, was gonna, seconds. I
2: I think it'll be good. It's always funny because anytime, like once he was announced that he was doing something with Star Wars, everyone's like, oh, he's going to take over from Kathleen Kennedy. And it seems like, mm-hmm. like there was just an article that came out recently. I know I saw it over on Star Wars Newsnet. But someone did an interview with Variety and they're like, no, Kevin Feige's not taking over Lucasfilm. Like he's very much still committed to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's just working in Star Wars now, too. Like he, he doesn't want to take it over. He just wants to play around in it, which I don't blame him. I mean, who wouldn't want to have the chance to direct something in, in Star Wars or, or leave a, a their own mark on the Star Wars galaxy? I want to.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's everything that we know so far about what's coming up uh, Disney plus and then movies and things like that. So um, this is a little longer than we've been doing here since we came back from our break. So I apologize if it was too long for everybody.
2: Uh, uh, it's um, it's us having, having a good time talking star Wars. One last thing before we, uh, we wrap this all up. Do you think that will continue? Cause a lot of these have obviously they're in Disney plus and, and sort of the streaming sphere. Do you think that we'll see a lot more of Star Wars go to the Disney Plus route because it's been so successful, especially with, you know, movie theaters not really being a thing for the last two years? Or do you think that we'll see a shift back to having a lot of Star Wars content come to us via movie theaters? I don't see a future where they stop pumping content into
1: streaming services. Many, many theater franchises closed permanently during the pandemic and that might not sound a lot to like people like us who live in a major city where there's a billion options to see a movie, but there are places throughout the country or we'll say country cause we're in the U S that their theater shut down and that's it. Like my hometown had one theater in it <laughs> and it shut down and there was nothing. So I don't see them. It's easy money. You know what I mean? Like they, they obviously spend a ton of money to make their projects, but it's easy money to put it in front of people like this. So, I don't see them taking a revenue source away if that makes sense.
2: Oh, I agree with you 100%. I don't think they would ever not put stuff on Disney Plus, but I'm wondering more if Disney Plus will sort of be the, the the playground for a lot of these projects. Like would we see maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy on Disney Plus or Taika's film on Disney Plus? Or do you think that they would still have the big movies in theaters and leave Disney Plus for the series?
1: I think it's still too early to tell based off how everything's going with the pandemic coming to an end and how movie theaters are going to work. You know, it's it's it seems like they don't even know the theaters of how exactly it's going to work. Like, are they going to sell full theaters again? Are is theaters going to make it out of this? Are, are people going to want to go back to theaters? I, I personally do. I love them. The movie theater, going to the movies is my absolute favorite thing to do. I love the whole thing. I love i love trailers i love the the seating the sounds everything theater wise like some of the greatest moments ever in a theater When in when captain america spoiler when captain america picks up Mjolnir in the theater and the whole theater loses their freaking gourds lifelong memory like when bruce willis shoves ben affleck into the ship and they're yelling for him cried like a baby you know in the theater <laughs> so yeah i hope it comes back i they're definitely going to keep blockbusters and in, in theaters and But I could also see them doing a joint thing with their streaming service. Why wouldn't you?
2: Well, we've seen, I mean, Black Widow is coming to Disney Plus as like a premiere access thing. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll believe it when I see it. It's July now, right? Is that what the... Yeah. But they're going like that with the premiere access where you pay 30 bucks and you can watch it at home. Or you can go see it in a theater. So, I'm wondering, you know, will they keep that option moving forward? With something big like a future Star Wars trilogy, or will that always kind of be held sacred as the big Hollywood movie theater blockbuster experience? Because there is something like, like you said, the in Endgame the Mjolnir scene with with Captain America, and going to see the Force Awakens or Last Jedi or, or Rise of Skywalker in a theater surrounded by other Star Wars fans and that whole experience, the experience of, of putting on all your Star Wars clothes, going to a place Mm -hmm. and just geeking out with a bunch of other people. Will that still have the same effect if people can stay at home and watch on their own streaming device? So it's definitely interesting and it'll be curious to see. I mean, streaming services have, have only gained more strength as a result of the pandemic. So yeah, I think and it'll be really their interesting home theaters to see. Too. Like yeah. People literally well, spent
1: hundreds of thousands of dollars building up their home entertainment center. It could be crazy. It'll be really cool. Uh, an, an, a neat side effect out of the pandemic is if drive-in movie theaters made a resurgence.
2: I love a good drive-in. I've been to a handful because I know there's some near us. And that experience is definitely an interesting if you've never done one before, it's just an interesting way to experience a movie, but it (laughs) is still kind of that, that weird experience where you're in your car. You're not necessarily surrounded by, other people so it's the same thing like you know (laughs) staying at home and sitting on your couch watching you're surrounded by people in their cars but (laughs) i mean my car is star wars themed so (laughs) (laughs) just have a big sign on top of your car that says star wars fan
1: star wars guy right over here i think it's gonna happen both ways i think they'll do the blockbusters that we're used to and then have the option to purchase it on disney plus too i don't see that going away
2: Make more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy. Happy to make money. Happy to give them my money. Apparently. Well, and for families, I mean, it makes sense. You know, do you want to drag your kids out to the theater, pay fifty, sixty bucks for tickets, and then another forty, fifty bucks for snacks and drinks and all that? no oh, way yeah. When you can I, pay thirty bucks and do it all at home. I mean, here in D.C., t- just two tickets alone is thirty-two dollars.
0: Hmm.
1: So thirty bucks, you're you're saving two bucks. <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> I miss my home. My hometown theater was $4 a ticket. (laughs) It's so expensive here. I think that'll do it for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, all of that because, you know, Todd and I could talk about this for hours and we have, and we will. But a couple things before we go, join our discord. It's it's a lot of fun. It's basically just me and Todd posting pictures of toys and artwork over and over all day long. That's where we post our breaking news first and then we post it on social media just because it's so simple to just If you've never used Discord and you're confused by it or you're scared by it because it looks like a lot, it's it's super helpful because we have channels for everything. Like we have there's a say there's a comic section and each and inside that section is a subsection for each comic darth vader star wars high republic dr Aphra. so if you're looking for a specific thing you want to talk about we have a section for that you can always go back to it easily find them we talk about everything star wars movies shows comics toys everything so join our discord check us out and then obviously social media twitter instagram facebook black squadron podcast we have a massive giveaway that we're in the midst of, if you will, from Skyward Fun Supply. If you want to know what that is, check out our May the 4th episode and DM us that secret code word and follow us and Skyward Fun Supply, and you'll be in that. And we do have about just under two weeks left before that contest is over. So I think that'll do it for Todd on BP. And remember, the Force will be with you always.